This is Jordan with Start to Startup. You know, I hate that start. Honestly, I don't know why I do that. I am not comfortable when I say it that way. Doing this whole podcast thing is extremely just awkward. Anyways, guys, I'll figure that out later. Hope you guys are having a kick-ass day, though, or making it a kick-ass day. But um, seriously, got some some pretty cool updates for you guys. Uh, we're moving along pretty well. We got drywall up. We're starting to get some real attention from the media. Uh, they're getting ready to do some painting. Our inspections are on Tuesday. Barriers are coming on Wednesday. Carts are coming about, God, I think two weeks after that, uh, right after we do installation of the barriers. Um, things are really starting to chug forward, and we're really starting to all kind of realize that you know, things are starting to get pretty serious. We're, we're close to open. Um, so this week was a really intense week. Uh, this week, we went through and we spent some time trying to figure out exactly how we're going to train our employees. Now, this is something a lot of people don't put thought into. They just kind of build their or they just teach their employees what they know. And that's not a real easy way because you're never giving them a chance to figure out how it works for them. Because it just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. Anyway, so what we had to figure out was how is our axe flowing throws going to work? So the the whole idea is we've got a customer coming into registration. What do they go through in that process? And what we realized was we're going to have to assign a racetrack to each lane and we assign them to those lanes. Um, so we, we're going to get that whole thing figured out with our POS system. Um, but after that, we were kind of trying to figure out how do we identify who gets what lanes for what times? So we went through and we were looking at the, the flow and the cycle of how is this exactly going to work with 15 minute intervals between throwing axes. We want to maximize the amount of time that people are are throwing axes because then we're generating revenue. Um, and one of the things we noticed at the other facilities that I've went to was that all the axe throwing lanes are always booked all the time. They're always full in the busy time. So we needed to make that a turnaround process as quick and seamless as possible. Well, originally Casey and I sat down to kind of figure this out. We walked through it, timing, how long does it take from somebody to walk from the party room over to this and what steps are they going to be? And we had this whole elaborate thing built out with television screens that identified who was in what lanes and had expiration times on their timer. But really, those are all things that we are going to have to develop later on. So when we got in a group and broke it down to how are we going to make this work, Casey and I already had the groundwork laid of where people are going to go, what the, we're calling them experts, which I'm my, the dad side of me is super excited for, but the experts what they're going to be doing in their jobs because we have to have two in the uh, inside the axe throwing area to make this work. So what we came up with was people are going to go to their, they're going to get a text message that takes them over to their axe throwing staging area. One of the experts is going to come out and do the, the, um, the briefing and teach them how to throw the axes and then care and then bring them in once their time's ready. The other person's going to be enforcing rules once the other one's not there. They're going to both be enforcing rules while they're in the same facility, um, but they're going to be guiding people out and clearing drinks and things. So we should be able to keep that flow work pretty well because it's every 15 minutes is the most we could have a group flow through. So really, we're talking four times per hour. They've got to make this transition. Um, so it was really nice to do that through that flow, but I'll be honest, it was a headache. We had a lot of challenges trying to figure out um, what's going to be easy for the customer? What's going to give them a good experience without us sacrificing um, major time on the throwing boards? Um, so Casey and I, we went through and we did all that. And I, I'm very happy with how it came out. And we have a, a basic understanding of it. So now we can go back and we can start to write it out of step by step what their job is going to be. Kind of creating like a script. Like if we were thinking, okay, we're going to be shooting a movie. 
we want to be able to lay out the scene enough to where that's kind of how it feels. It's just very, it flows well. So once we have that, we can actually say, all right, so we need them to, they know that their third step of what they do is going to be opening the door to instruct people on to do the axes and, and, and meeting and greeting everybody. So what do we want them to say? So how are we going to get them in the training to do that? Do we want to bring people into the facility to actually be there and then coach them on what they say? Or do we want to give them some guidance and let them role play it with us? So these are all pieces we have to do for every part of our entire business. So that's carding, axe throwing, driver simulators, pocket soccer. Don't have to really do anything for the arcade. But just how is everybody going to interact with stuff? Actually, we do for the arcade. The person for registration should be really encouraging people to uh, try out the simulator or something like that, something they might not see. Or really just you know give them props for doing a good job if they, get, if they did really well out in the arcade. Um, you know, the whole idea of bringing joy, we got to get people excited for even the redemption part of it. Just, yeah, that's awesome. You won this, that type of thing. Um, anyways, outside of that, we've been doing a bunch of other really crazy things, kind of things that we had never really thought of and never really done before. Um, but what we're starting to realize is we've got to start our hiring process. And as I'm going through and I'm realizing all these things that are popping up, I understand that there's a limited amount of time before we're open. These things can't be spread out. We can't schedule any new things in there because this, the weeks are starting to get full. So this led me to kind of figure out, okay, how can I be more structured with my time and be able to see it more clearly out front? Well, I was able to focus on what I know rather than the unknowns. And this is something that I always have a hard time remembering to do it, but it will help you in so many different aspects of your life. When you're faced with a problem, we so often focus on what's unknown. You know, am I going to succeed? Or, you know, is is this person going to say yes if I ask them this question? You know, like all these unknowns. And what we got to break it down to is what do we know? So let's just say, for example, the um, your boss. Your boss is being an asshole and he's giving you criticisms constantly. Okay. You don't know. You might not know why that's happening. But let's break it down this way. Does he want you to succeed? It's, is he, does he have a vested interest in seeing you succeed? Do you think he wants you to succeed? Okay, so if those two things are yes, obviously he's not doing it just to be an asshole. There's a reason for it. So we're going to seek to understand it. So this is the same thing of what we were doing for structuring our schedule is we know we've got to spend a week putting in the cart barriers. We know that we're going to have to spend a week to build out the pit lanes. We know that it's going to take a week to outfit axe throwing. We know it's going to take three days of nonstop training. And we know exactly when we're going to have our soft opening events and stuff. So we opened up, we wrote it out week by week, and we put in all the knowns. And it allows you to be able to fill in the areas that are unknown with all those things that come up. Or even maybe your list of things to do. So right now, all my guys, we always, every morning, we have a list of these are the things written down on a piece of paper that I need to accomplish. And it's a revolving list. You cross things off, you add things to it. Um, but every morning at the meeting, it's expect, or every, every meeting that we have, we're to Mondays and Thursdays now, it is always expected they have that list. Well, we realized there was a kind of a transitioning point in this. What we can do is we spent all day looking at our list and saying, ah, what am I going to do next with every single thing? Now, we had a very structured list, so we always had things to pull from, but we changed the mentality to it. 
So we took that list of all the things to do that, that we had to, to work on. So let's say update budgets and um, post on Indeed and do a hiring event. Um, and then the other thing be create an advertising sign. Okay, each of those things is something that I could do next. Now what I do is I assign an hour to that. So maybe creating that flyer is one hour and maybe building our uh, career fair for on Indeed might be two hours. You know, I can go through my calendar for the day and say, all right, from nine to five, I have this much time available. So from one till two, I have a conference call. I know that. And then from nine till 11, I'm, I have meetings. So from 11 till one, I've got free time and I can go up and look and hey, this takes an hour to do. That'll leave me an hour of flex time in case things don't work. I can put that in there. Okay, now from 11 to 1, I'm working on this. And it makes you be very focused and, and intentful in what you're trying to accomplish and what you're going to accomplish. And I promise you, if you can do this, you're going to be one of the most efficient people you've in, in the fucking world. Is if you can forecast and plan out hour by hour every single day what it is you're going to do because you keep a list of all the things you have to do and you can say, this is how long it's going to take me. You're going to go fucking crush it and no matter what you do. It's plain as that. So our entire team is now set on doing this and we're going to see how that ends up going long term. Hopefully everybody can sustain it well, but I think we've all seen pretty good success from it. Just uh, being more uh, thoughtful in the, the use of our time. Um, so we're also spending a lot more time getting involved with the public. Um, people are starting to turn their attention to us because we're getting closer to opening. Uh, so we got invited to two events this week. Um, one for the Meridian Area Business Association, which was like a uh, get-together golf outing type of thing. Um, went to that, met some really cool people. Actually, through the conversation, got an invitation. We went to uh, the M1 Concourse Racetrack with uh, LaFontaine Ford and got to go out on some test drives with like the SRT8s and Hellcats and stuff like that out on the racetrack. And all it was was just really going out and making friends. So, you know, it's it's awkward, though. You know, when you go to one of those events, those the like a business networking international or a chamber of commerce, it always feels so slimy because everybody's there to sell. But that's the thing. You're there to sell. So is that person. So is that person. And everybody in there feels exactly the same about this event. Everybody feels like, oh, I've got to go there. And the only reason that people are here is because they want to sell me something and or they have to sell something, that type of thing. Guys, everybody there is feeling the exact same. The really cool thing about that is all you have to do is just be a fucking normal person. And it happens naturally. So when I go to these events, I've made a goal of we're not there to just sit simply pitch. I want to meet people and make new friends. I want to get to know these people because these are successful people. These are great people. And we've watched that become fantastic. So our Meridian Area Business Association, uh, that meeting, we ended up getting invited to a racetrack. Um, then we had another one. We got uh, the invited to speak over at the Lansing uh, Day Drinkers or something. It's I can't remember exactly what it's called, but they um, Capital Area Brew Society, I think it was. Um, but they meet the third Thursday of every month and it's a bunch of business owners and have some drinks and socialize and whatnot. And we got there and we actually had an option to, or we, we got to know a couple of people that were interested in hosting company events, which, you know, we didn't really pitch it to them or anything. They just started talking about it. You know, it's just, we had a lot of these things naturally happening just because we're being a fucking human being. So remember that next time you're going to that golf outing or whatever, where people are going to pitch stuff to you, that person pitching to you feels exactly the fucking same as the last one you went to. 
Just treat them like a human. They're actually, they're, everybody's pretty fucking cool when you get to know them. But that was a, a big realization point for me of, of just, guys, business isn't about how much you can sell. It's literally just go be a person that people can get along with. If people like you, you're going to succeed flat out. If you're just a good person, people are going to want to see you succeed. We all wish it was easier. We all wish that going there and making friends and everything was going to be easier for us because we want to make friends. We all want to get along with people. I'm sure you do too. You want to have the ability to meet anybody and make an instant connection. Everybody craves that, I believe. But it's not natural. So understand that everybody else feels that way too. So it's really not that big of a deal. There is also one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about on this podcast. And it was a, a moment, you know, every once in a while you get those minutes where you get to sit back and actually just enjoy your accomplishments or things that you've you've uh, acquired, um, you know, maybe looking at your car that you worked hard to be able to get or, uh, you know, that lawn that's mowed with perfect diagonal lines and stuff. You know, it's it's those moments of appreciation of life. So today I went to go get gas and I pulled into a quality dairy and right next door to this quality dairy is an automotive repair shop. And I'm getting fuel, and I hear they got the bay doors open. It's a gorgeous sunny day, and I hear the sound of the uh, the 90 degree die grinders and the impacts hitting. So they're cleaning up rims and taking tires off. And I just leaned at the car and just stared and watched for a while. And then I realized that was me 10 years ago. 10 years ago, that's exactly what I was doing, and I still love doing it. I still do do it. But that was what I did for a living. And I looked at that, and then I looked at my house and like I, I thought about my house I thought about the shop the business my family and I realized holy shit there's so much you can accomplish in 10 years I think we we all underestimate we underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years and we overestimate what we can accomplish in 10 months but Jesus if you go back and you look at where you were 10 years ago stop and think about it for a second what were you doing 10 years ago I just look at all the things you've accomplished. Look at how far you came from that. Look at who, how much of a different person you are. Now I've got four of these left. I've got 40 years left in me of working. That's, I fully believe that I'm going to be going into my seventies doing this because I'm doing what I would do. Even if I didn't make money doing it, this is, this would be my retirement plan. This is starting. This business was me retiring, but I've got four more decades of the successes that I had over the last 10 years. What can you do with 10 more years? I mean, seriously, look back to where you were 10 years ago. What can you do? Now, on top of that 10 years, I've got a wife uh, that now with uh, with me that can help me grow, which, you know, the last eight years has been with her with on that, but she's helped out that significantly for that 10 years. But my team at High Caliber Carding, the relationships that I've made already in high caliber carding, the people I'm working with, 10 years does go by pretty fast, but holy shit, can you accomplish a lot? So when's the last time you thought about what 10 years from now is going to look like? Look back, see how much you've accomplished, and you'll realize that you're probably going to limit your next 10 years of what you're capable of doing more than overshooting it because you can do so much. But take some time and actually think about that. Where was I 10 years ago and where am I going to be 10 years from now? Because you got a lot of those ahead of you. You can go out there and you can fucking change the world in 10 years. 
Put your mind to what you want to do. Vision, put, get a vision of it. Know what you exactly want it to look like and start working towards it. Because guys, I think if you're doing exactly what, what I'm saying right here with just thinking back to it and planning forward, you're going to realize that you're unstoppable. Go kick some ass today, guys. See ya.